Welcome to this God-inspired message from Shofar Christian Church. Enjoy today's message. May you experience the presence of our Father and may you grow deeper in your relationship with Him. Hello. Good evening, everyone. Hello. I thought it's the English service, that's why I greeted you in English, but now no one's greeting me in English, so I tried Afrikaans, and now everyone's greeting me, so should I continue in English or in Afrikaans? No, I'm just joking. What a privilege to be here. For those of you that don't know me, my name is Henny, and um, I am very excited to share the word that, that God gave me for, for today. But before we go, let's, let's pray. Lord, thank you so much for, for your revelation. Thank you that as we become quiet, like Vian just said, Lord, um, when we are quiet, we can experience you leading us. And um, Lord, thank you that we can also be expectant of what you want to share to us tonight and, um, and reveal to us, Lord. I know that we can read scripture forever, Lord, but if you don't come and you make it alive in us, Lord, there's nothing that's going to change, and there's nothing that's going to happen, and tonight we know that it's not something that we can do, it's, it's something that only you can do, Lord. So maybe while our eyes are closed, just for a moment, just say, Lord, when we read scripture tonight, please break it open for me. Just in your own words, where you are. Just say, Lord, as we read, as we spend time in your word, please, please open it to me and, and show me what you want to share with me. So last week, we spoke about um, fasting. And for those of you that don't know what it is, it's not me missing a word saying doing something faster than something else. It's, it's, um, it's actually prohibiting you from using something that diverts your attention takes a lot of your attention and your energy into something that is not God. So for some it was food, and for some it was social media, and for some um, it was sport maybe, or whatever, whatever God laid on your heart. Um, it was a very interesting time. Can I see you fasted with us between Monday and Wednesday? Irrelevant of what it is? Excellent. Okay. We, we specifically spoke about a specific portion uh, in Mark 2, and I want to read it to us quickly just as a starting point. Um, so this is the portion that Vian used last week. It's in Mark 2, verse 18 to 21. It says, Now John's disciples and the Pharisees were fasting. Were fasting, and people came and said to him, why do John's disciples and the disciples of the Pharisees fast, but your disciples do not fast? And Jesus said to them, Can the wedding guests fast while the bridegroom is with them? As long as they have the bridegroom with them, they cannot fast. The days will come when the bridegroom is taken away from them, and then they will fast in that day. Now, he went on to read um, verse 21 and 22 also, but I would like to stop here and just mention quickly the two points that he specifically stood still at. Is The one is the one we long for has come, 
And the one, ach, we will long for more of Jesus' presence until we are with him in his fullness. That is what we fostered about. Firstly, to, to acknowledge and proclaim and affirm the one we long for has come. And secondly, we will long for more of Jesus' presence until we are with him in his fullness. So when we shared our testimonies of our fasting experience um, as a group at Cell, um, there were one question that, that, that came up more than once, and that is, okay, what now? Um, and therefore, my theme for tonight, what now? Because I think for those of you that fasted food, you will know it's not something that you can do for longer than a very specific time. If you fast for too long, we will have to bury you. And, um, and if you do not ever go back on social media again, you will probably lose your job or whatever, or, and do not speak to people ever. It's not going to turn out well. So by having this experience of allowing God to reveal to us what can we lay down um, and focus all our attention on him is a very short seasoned exercise. Um, especially, like I say, if you fast food. And, and the question is, Lord, you actually came and you shared so many things with me. If I stop my fast, how am I going to continue in this intensity of hearing your voice, following you leading me, following what you want me to do, following what you want me to say? And with that in mind, I actually went to the scripture in verse 20, in Mark 2 verse 20, and, and the last part there, and say, uh, it says, and then they will fast in that day. Now the reference of that scripture we find in John 16 verse 20, and, and when I started reading John 16 verse 20, I quickly found out that John 16 is part of a four chapter, um, let's call it grouping of, of um, chapters in scripture, which is called a farewell discourse. And in Afrikaans, you call that a afskeitsrede. I don't know whether you knew that, but I didn't know that. One excellent thing that happens if you actually prepare for something, you learn new stuff. So, a afskeitsrede, a farewell discourse. So, it's something that Jesus spoke to the disciples about, telling them that this is what's going to happen. Within the next few, well, the next amount of time, a lot of things is going to happen and I want you to be prepared. So I want you to listen very carefully. Um, he encouraged the disciples with various truths. And when I, when I read John 16 verse 20, um, I, I, I would like to share that with you. And, and it brings us to our first encouragement tonight. The first encouragement that I experienced Jesus highlighting to me, to me is that you will weep and lament. Now... I know it doesn't sound like an encouragement, but, but stick with me. Um, let's read John 16 verse 20. It says, truly, truly, I say to you, you will weep and lament, but the world will rejoice. And I started reading the next part. It says, you will be sorrowful, but your sorrow will turn into joy. And immediately I experienced something that I've seen so many times around me, especially in my life, but also in people that I spoke to. The moment you ask someone, how are you, they'll say, it's going well under the circumstances, or it's going well, but it's very busy, 
and uh, someone else will say, I'm going actually through a really hard time, but it's okay, don't worry, everything will be fine. You know, it's almost as if we, you, you talk yourself into being honest and then you talk yourself out of it again. Also, without even having someone encouraging you or without even someone saying, that can okay, yes. You, you just jump on a boat, driving yourself out of there. And, and what I experienced, Jesus laying on my heart, especially with regards to this, is you will weep and lament. Remember, we are talking about Jesus speaking to the disciples, saying, there will come a time where I will leave, and then you will fast. And the, and the, the foundation or the place from where you will fast will be a time of weeping. And lamenting. Now, I explained that in very figurative terms this morning. I thought of not doing that again tonight because that it can make you nod. But weeping means to shed tears. But the verb actually says, a grieving mother wept over the body of her daughter. Now that puts it in a different perspective. Lament I've never used in my life ever before. So I had to check the, the definition for that word also. It says a passionate expression of grief or sorrow. His mother's nightlong laments for his father. This is, this is not an uncomfortable kind of crying. This is, this is crying that, that is almost uncontrollable. It's, it's a desperation lived out in a way, demonstrated in a way, a, a longing for someone that's demonstrated in a way that shows a passion almost as if it's the air that you breathe that you are not going to have anymore. And that's what Jesus refers to when he says, you will fast. You will fast. If we, and, and this morning, oh, this evening, I want to say, before we just, before we just go to the better part, like, like, we, like we normally do, I want you to, tonight, take a moment and say, where am I at currently? Am I honest with myself? How am I? How am I doing? What am I going through? And not, and not jump to whatever good idea you have. You know, sometimes when we speak to people, you find that they say, um, it's, it's going really hard, but I know God, and then a lot of the times there's this kind of a silence after they say, but I know God, because they don't know what God is going to do for them. They, they didn't get that encouragement from him yet. So tonight, I don't want us to just glance over this. I want you to be present and be real with what you are experiencing in your heart. Let's read verse 21. It says, when a woman is giving birth, she has sorrow because her hour has come. But when she has delivered the baby, she no longer remembers the anguish. For joy that a human being has born into the world, so also you have sorrow now. But I will see you again and your hearts will rejoice. And no one will take your joy from you. In that day you will ask nothing of me. Truly, truly, I say to you, whatever you ask of the Father in my name, he will give it to you. Until now, you have asked nothing in my name. Ask, and you will receive that your joy may be full. When we see Jesus referring to a woman giving birth, um, I, was, I was reminded 
about my wife being pregnant and a very unpredictable time of our lives. You never know what's going to happen next when you are pregnant. And, um, and she tried to explain to me very often what she's going through, but it's, it's almost impossible. It's almost impossible for her because of what she's going through. And it's very impossible for me because I have no idea what she's talking about. So, um, so being pregnant is something that Jesus uses here. And I don't think it's, it's, for, it's just for whatever reason. It's specifically because it's something that we can relate to and we can see um, the effects thereof and how it affects our relationship. The second encouragement I want to come by is that Jesus is going to the Father. We read in, in John 14, verse 12, Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes in me will also do the works that I do, and greater works than these will he do. And here's a very interesting reason, because I'm going to the Father. Now, <clears throat> if, you look at these two, if, if you look at these two scriptures, the one saying that we will weep and lament, and the other one saying that, that we will do greater works because Jesus is going to the Father. I can imagine the disciples thinking, I, I can almost be open to doing greater works than you did. With the condition that you are with me, walking with me, showing me specifically what I'm supposed to do. Maybe telling me normally I would do this, but now I want you to do this. But that's not what he's saying. He's saying you are going to do the same works that I did, but you are going to do greater works than that because I'm going to the Father. In, in John 14, um, Jesus says, it's not on the board, but I just want to read to you quickly. Do not be troubled, but believe in God and believe in Jesus. He's going to prepare a place for us. He's, he's saying all of this to the disciples. And he will come again and take us to himself. We also read that whoever believes in Jesus will also do the works that he did and greater works than these. Now, I can imagine the uncertainty of the disciples thinking, great idea, but how? How? How am I going to do this? And, and when we are truly honest with ourselves in a time of, of weeping and a time of lamenting, a time of sorrow, a time of uncertainty, a time of certain situations in our lives, that appears to be pregnant. And what I mean by that is something that's in an incubation period where I can see certain effects, but it's not coming to completion. I can see that things are busy changing, but I can't see exactly where it's going. I don't know exactly what to do. With the invitation of Jesus saying, you will not only do the same works than me, but you will do greater works. And you think of this picture of a woman being pregnant, waiting for a child to be born and being sorrowful until the joy comes. I want us to tonight be in a place where we say, Lord, if you made this invitation to me now, which he is, saying, are you in a time of weeping and lamenting? Are you in a time of of where certain situations in your life is kind of a, in a pregnant phase, in an incubation phase? Are you in a time where you would like to see certain works and certain things flow from you, but it just doesn't happen? 
Now the moment we pause and we think um, about this, and I can almost experience that tonight also, um, the idea is to, to try and get over this as quickly as possible because for some it's, it's confronting, it's confronting ideas. It's something that you maybe feel that you should have been over by now, something you may, may or, or you should have dealt with by now. If you look around you, I spoke to a few people after the morning service also saying, you know, what, what's so interesting is when you look around, you see people laughing and smiling and whatever. It seems like no one is going through what I'm going through. And the fact of the matter is we've all learned how to fake being good, being okay, being fine, not having an issue with where we are and what we are going through. And here Jesus says, you will feel like that. And in that time you will fast. And, and you will fast with this encouragement. And we find our third encouragement in the solution Jesus offers, our helper, the Holy Spirit. Now, oftentimes, you know, when we think about the Holy Spirit, we kind of feel, okay, this is not for me, or, or I've heard sermons about this, and I've had ideas about, ideas about this or whatever, but... Tonight I want to ask you, if you've tried everything else apart from this, just for a moment tonight, just say, okay, Lord, let's, let's hear this out and see where this is going. I want to read in, in John 14, verse 15 to 18. If you love me, you will keep my commandments and I will ask the Father and he will give you another helper to be with you forever. Even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him for he dwells with you and he will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. The reason why I chose this one first is me being a people person. If someone says it's going to go very well with you, I just want you to know I'm going away. That will be the last thing that's going to be on my mind. So when Jesus says, I'm going away, he's not saying, I'm going away, you're going to be alone. He's saying, I'm going away and I'm going to send you a helper. And if we miss that part of, of what Jesus is saying tonight, then we miss everything. We miss the whole purpose of life. We miss the whole reason why Jesus died. We sang of it tonight, so beautiful, awesome song. Singing of what Jesus did for us. Why? So we can receive our helper. The Holy Spirit. John 14, verse 25 to 27 reads, These things I have spoken to you while I am still with you. But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. Now to me this means that as I receive the Holy Spirit into my life and he's leading into my life, this is also what he will, do, he will do for me. And this is also what he wants to do for you. He wants to remind you and teach you all the things that he has said to you, that Jesus himself said. Verse 27 reads, Peace I leave with you. My peace, um, ach, my peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. Um, John 15 verse 26 to 27 reads, But when the Helper comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, 
the spirit of truth who proceeds from the father he will bear witness about me and you also will bear witness because you have been with me from the beginning now if we think about a witness a witness is someone who saw something someone ex someone who experienced something it's not something that you are only going to see in someone else's life or hear from a far off place. It's something that will be close, something that you can identify, something that you can identify with and something that will be revealed to you also when you open your hearts for the Holy Spirit to lead you, to come into your life and to do what Jesus died for. John 16 verse 4 to 15 reads the following. But I have said these things to you that when the hour comes, you may remember that I told them to you. I did not say these things to you from the beginning because I was with you. But now I am going to him who sent me and none of you asks me where are you going. But because I have said these things to you, sorrow has filled your heart. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. And when he comes, he will convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment. Concerning sin, because they do not believe in me. Concerning righteousness, because I go to the Father and you will see me no longer. Concerning judgment, because the ruler of this world is judged. I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. When the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all the truth, for he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will declare to you the things that are to come. He will glorify me, for he will take what is mine and declare it to you. All that my father has is mine. Therefore, I said that he will take what is mine and declare it to you. When we fasted, we were convicted or convinced by the Holy Spirit that we should lay down certain things in our lives. And like I said, it's not, it's not sustainable. It's not something that we can do for a long time. But Jesus says, instead of fasting only, I want to send my helper. I want to send the Holy Spirit to you as your helper, the one that's going to be with you. Now, it, it might sound different or, or funny to you, but it's something that we actually have to pray about and we have to allow God to speak to us about. So if you are sitting here and you are feeling, Lord, I'm, I'm following you from a discipline point of view. I've, I'm following you from, from specific things in my life that I'm laying down and then picking different things up and then laying them down again and then picking different things up, looking for sorrow sadness and weeping to end to be turned into joy maybe looking at your life and thinking there's specific things that that i expect of myself or there's specific things that my surroundings expect of me and i just can't seem to can't seem to get it right i just can't seem to get a momentum in my life jesus is saying the holy spirit is sent because he died so he can help you not as someone coming alongside you but someone filling you indwelling you living in you and guiding you from the inside of your life so tonight
Um, I want to end our first with Luke 11 verse 13. It says, If you then who are evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? If you tonight can identify with any of these three points, maybe not in the positive sense of the word, maybe your sorrow is not yet turned into joy. Maybe you do not yet believe that you are called for greater works and you definitely do not see it in your life. And although you've heard of the Holy Spirit, you've never invited the Holy Spirit into your heart, into your life, submitting, submitting to the guidance of the Holy Spirit in your life, generating and living a life through you that Jesus himself died for. I want you to, as we, as we take the, the Holy Communion um, thing is, in our hands. I want you to become quiet for a moment and say, Lord, will you please show me what am I weeping about that I'm not submitting to you? Lord, I can see that, that you called me for greater works, but I'm not seeing it in my life. I definitely need help. Lord, I, I know I've heard about the Father. I've heard about Jesus Christ. I've heard about the Holy Spirit but I definitely do not experience you as my helper. I want you to sit for a moment, just quiet. And um, I'm not going to say you can use the piece of bread now or you can use the, the, um, the bit of um, wine or juice now, but I want you to be quiet, just you, by yourself, and say, Lord, I can identify with this. Lord, as our eyes are closed, I just experienced this uncertainty and, and, and uh, anxiousness and a fear, Lord. And I'm just praying that, that as, we, as we allow science, uh, um, silence, Lord, and this is not the kind of silence that we do just for the sake of waiting for something next to happen, Lord. We are almost identifying with the disciples, thinking, Jesus, you left and we have no idea what's going on now. And as we experience this tonight, Lord, I pray that we will turn our hearts to you in expectant invitation, Holy Spirit, to come fill us. Thank you that it's not something that, that someone else has to do, Lord. It's something that you do because we are asking our Father, like Luke 11 verse 13 tells us. Lord, as we use this sign of the Holy Communion, Lord, we just want to declare that we are thinking about what you, did, what you did, Jesus. Thank you so much for dying for us on the cross, Lord. And although we were not there at the time, Lord, I know that the disciples must have been very unsure, unsure in such a way that we are also experiencing from time to time not knowing what next, not knowing how to deal with certain weeping and lamenting and sorrow that's going on in our lives, Lord. But tonight we are turning it to you. We are not shying away from it, Lord. Lord, I also experience that there's people here tonight that that feels complacent and unsure of how to live and what to do and what to do next and what are they called for and 
What do they do next? And um, I just thank you, Lord, that, that you called us to do greater works than you. But thank you tonight that as we submit to you, Holy Spirit, that it's something that you do in us. It's not something that we can do for ourselves. I want us to spend a few moments more in prayers. If you, if you want to pray for the Holy Spirit to fill you tonight, to take over your life and start guiding you, start leading you, start turning your sorrow into joy, start being the one who do the greater works in you, start helping you in various aspects of your life, just take this moment and pray just where you are. Lord, we just thank you so much for your love. Thank you for your word. Thank you that you were the one who did everything, Lord. You were the one who, through John 14 to 17, came and explained to the disciples something that we have reference of exactly what's going to happen and exactly what your heart is. And we thank you tonight that we can submit to you, Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit, that we can allow you tonight not only into our hearts as someone that's just staying with us, but into our hearts as someone who's taking over, taking control. And as this experience of sorrowness that turns into joy or works in our lives start to flow out, thank you that you are never in this process leading us, but you are guiding and helping, reminding us of everything that Jesus said, leading us into all truth, never leaving us alone until the end of time. Thank you for not leaving us as orphans, Lord. We honor you for this revelation. In Jesus' name, amen.